Welcome to the Confidence Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bailey. Today we have the amazing Clinton Dye joining us. Clinton has an amazing story and I'm very excited to share this conversation with you. So Clinton, could you please give the listeners an introduction to yourself and you know who you are and what you do now? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Clinton Dye. I'm the owner of a fitness company called Right Now. Uh, I specialize in, in human transformations. We create the best version of yourself to unlock your full potential, diet, nutrition, mindset. I'm a combat veteran. I've spent 355 weeks of the last two decades in a combat zone. So 6.8 years of my adult life has been in a combat zone fighting the war on terror. I bring that discipline, that ability to suffer and endure uh, to the forefront of my business to help train and uh, change human behavior. And that is, in a nutshell, my ethos. I think that's absolutely incredible. Um, you should be very proud of yourself. And um, obviously, I can't really speak for the US. I'm not so well versed there. But in the UK, we used to have something called national service, where you'd have to spend two years of your life um, serving your country. And I do genuinely believe that something like that should still be in place to teach people respect and discipline and like so, so much more to it. And um, because right. society has changed massively and it's not something that is really taken um, on board. So it's interesting to know from your perspective and the discipline that you have and the way that you change people's lives, like how we do that. You know, I, I kind of agree. And like purely from a place of discipline, because, well, we need it. And I do believe that discipline gives you freedom. So that is something I really did want to explore with you. Right. So like without that, one of the things I want to talk about is how do we instill that discipline into other human beings? And um, because our day-to-day lives aren't so structured like they are in the military. It's a very different world that we live in. So one of the primary reasons we start the pathway to discipline is you have to identify with any person something that is greater than self that they'll work towards and suffer for. So like, like you said, you know, nationalization and serving for your country for two years, that's that's a requirement and that builds uh, respect for your own country, discipline as a young adult, et cetera. You can move forward there. You have to do that the same thing to a person. So when someone is in a position where they just can't get moving, you have to link their future version of self to something worth suffering for, right? So for a mother, for example, she's willing to endure unspoken pains and suffering for her children, right? A man, you know, he's willing to go down into that coal pit and dig coal. He's willing to go off to war when he's protecting and providing for his family, right? So you always link the suffering and the discomfort to something greater than self. Once you remove your ego out of the problem, it starts to be really easy to suffer because it's not about you anymore. And that's, that's exactly where we start in almost every conversation. So for the audience out there, there's small wins. You can procrastinate forever, or you can just make a small step to your future today. So in the morning, I have a routine that helps me get going 
is I just roll right out of bed. The first alarm goes off. We don't hit snooze. We roll right out of bed and we start moving, right? I have, you know, I do like four sets of 60 push-ups, And then I start my day with meditation and reflection. Every single day, I'm up at 4 a.m. This is how my day starts. It doesn't matter if I get in the house at 3.59 or 4.10. My day starts at 0,400 every day, non-negotiable. Birthdays, holidays, Saturdays, Sundays, vacations, it doesn't matter. This is a routine we do not deviate from ever. That is really fucking interesting um oh, you're allowed to swear by the way <laughs> this is um, not, I, I do swear a lot so i will apologize in advance um uh somebody downloaded our 150th episode and someone said oh how is this clean natalie like how has it got a clean rating on it i, I do have a bit of a potty mouth but that's a bit by the by <laughs> um What I'm really interested in exploring here, like having that absolute dedication to your routine and ensuring that it is the same every single day is a huge thing to be proud of. And like you say, it not deviating, it not being different on on any other day to another is going to increase your confidence in life and what you're doing. So that's a really great point to make, like having that routine and, and putting that into place makes the biggest of differences. So really here, it's like thinking about if people like really don't know what they're doing or how to do it, how do you go from like not knowing anything at all to having that, like this is it, this is a non-negotiable, this is what I'm doing now, this is who I am, and right. this is how things are going to be. So. Where you go from zero to something is like any problem in life. You identify that there is a problem in your own behavior. So you start with, I have a problem and I may or may not be able to fix it myself, right? Where I started is in the military. Military helped me build build discipline in the United States Marine Corps. Lots of combat. I had a high, high energy job where I dropped bombs on humans and I had to show up every single day. So there were zero tolerances for failure. I mean, this is not an organization that tolerates, you know, showing up late five minutes. In nine years, I wasn't late one day to work, right? Doesn't matter. So you show up. So I so- I learned discipline in the military through repetitive behaviors, When you look at someone in the real world, we're not in the military. In the real world, we're inundated, easy life, and inundated with opportunity, right? So how I train my clients to go from zero to something is I lead by example. So they've hired a a mentor and a coach to lead by example. So I'm up at four. My people need to be up not at four. But they need to be up as early as humanly possible to force discomfort because you have to get out of your comfort zone. And we have a, a checklist that they must accomplish every single day, hold themselves accountable so they can start moving. And of course, there's back steps because you're changing your behavior that you've developed over life. But you start small. So one of my processes every day is you don't need to worry about where you're going tomorrow. You need to focus on what you didn't 
accomplish yesterday in your best version of self. So I know all the things that I want to do. Like I want to control my anger. I want to hit my macronutrients. I want to hit my physical fitness. I want to meditate. I want to reach out to a hundred people a day, 500 people a day. It doesn't matter what's on your list. When we review the list first thing in the morning, we want to say, hey, look, I didn't wake up at 4 a.m. yesterday. I woke up at 4 or 10. I hit that snooze. Today, I hit that marker. I'm good. Check. Next one. Did I do my my 60, my four sets of 60 push-ups when I woke up? Check. Good. Did I meditate? Yes. Check. You just start working down the list and holding yourself accountable today. I need to hit that list at 100% today to develop those habits over time right? There's going to be slips for every person. It's normal. No one in the world. I don't think I've known anybody that went from zero to superhero overnight. It just doesn't work like that. You chip away at the person you know you want to become over time and you eventually get there. What about if you're not a morning person? Like I'm not a morning person. I say I don't give a fuck. Catch me up at four. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) So I find this fascinating because I don't set an alarm and I wake up when my body wants to wake up. And that is usually around seven, maybe six. If I sleep, sometimes it is four. But um, like I find this, this particular topic absolutely so fascinating. Tell- so- it does blow my mind. I don't believe that you have to get up at that time of day. Sorry. Um, in order to be successful, I do get what you're saying about putting yourself into discomfort but I just do not function well at, in the in the morning, like that early. Like, I believe that I'm very good at what I do. I am disciplined. I go to the gym every day. I'm very strong. I lift twice my body weight. Um, <laughs> how do you find the difference between, you know, needing to get up at that time of day and not? Like, why do you think that that's a prerequisite to achieving more? Because like I, lo- I love a conversation like this and a bit of a debate. So like, let's go. So this is simple. It depends on, it doesn't depend on anything. So if you don't want to get up early, that's what we want to do. Get you up early because it's uncomfortable. So you're in a, you're like most people would be in the most comfortable, discomfortable situation. I'm going to the gym. So it justifies I can wake up late. I'm running multiple businesses. There isn't enough time in the day. So I need to be in flow state throughout the day as quick as humanly possible. I get up early because I need more time in the day to do the things I want to do. I'm building the best version of myself four hours before the business day starts. So I want you to think about something. You're only working regular hours when everybody else gets up. Four hours of the day, I've been building myself before you even decided to fucking wake up. Right, And then when you go to work, you're just starting your day. You're you're sleepy. Oh, I don't want to. I'm cold. I, fucking life sucks. Like I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm starting the business day at full tilt of my best version. I've already hit an hour of gym. I've already hit my burpees. I've already hit my macronutrients. I've already meditated. I've already sent out five posts on social media. I've uploaded reels. I've uploaded videos across TikTok, YouTube. What have you done? You're still asleep and comfortable. And then when you ask yourself, why aren't you driving around in a Ferrari? The answer is, is because you did not do the work necessary to get there. You refuse to suffer. 
I can tell you getting up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 2 a.m. is obviously fucking difficult. But I need those hours to prepare myself so that when the day starts, I'm 100% ready to be there for my people. The people that I support, the people in my family, and my best version of myself is ready to go when that bell goes off. I'm not idle. I'm not taking three hours to wake up. We're at 110% when your eyes open in the morning. And when your eyes close, I'm still going. I knew I'd enjoy this conversation because I do completely disagree with getting up at that time of day. <laughs> well, it's good to have a healthy debate anyway. <laughs> but you are right. People do need to get up out of bed. They do need to put the effort in. They do need to take action. Because if they don't, then they are always going to suffer. They're going to complain and bitch and moan about all of the things that aren't happening. However, we do also need sleep and rest and repair and recovery. So like for me, getting up at five o'clock in the morning, it does not serve me as a person. I just, it just doesn't. Like when I'm up at five in the morning, I am a fucking horrendous person. I, there's no two ways about it. But I've worked out what works best for me. And I do admire the people that can get up at that time of day okay. and do those things. And that is obviously you. <laughs> obviously, you had that instilled into you in a different way. So how do you, so what was the change for you that helped you to make that thing be your thing and make a difference? What changed for me was a book that I read, which was called A New Earth. And New Earth describes that every single person to reach mastery level requires 10,000 hours of work. So it doesn't matter if it's a guitar, if it's a doctor, if it's an artist, doesn't matter. You need a volume of 10,000 hours of work. Essentially, that's like a decade plus, depending how much work you're doing at your skill, a day to become mastery level. So how do you, what is the only way to short circuit that system? Because time is finite. You must do more work in the same amount of space as everybody else. So I grew up in what's called the trailer park in the United States. For the audience there, that is the dirt poor white trash of the United States. Now, not everybody there is white trash, but that's just a colloquial term that they refer to the poor white people in the United States as trailer park trash. Right? That's where I grew up. So it's, a, it's not a structure. It's a house on wheels with thin walls where all the poor white people live. There's methamphetamine, there's cocaine, there's crack, there's weed, there's alcohol, there's domestic violence, there's guns, there's organized crime, there's all that shit in the trailer park. It is essentially the white hood, right? So I grew up super poor to a bartender and a, a plumber, right? My father was a plumber, my mother was a bartender. My sister took her clothes off for money. She was a stripper. So I had the coolest sister when I was a young adult because she knew all the hot girls, right? But I had that lifestyle. So I needed to go from poor person to middle class to upper class. There's only one way in the United States to do that. You're either going to work or you're going to work. So I need to, but so there's a rule and developing through the levels of class in the United States. If you want to go from poor class to middle class, you must do two lifetimes of work in the same span as any human, or you're stuck at your same class. If you want to go from poor to upper class, you must do 
three times the workload in one lifetime. So in my lifetime, I utilize the 3x rule of productivity of my life to move through the classes in one generation in the United States. So where normal people work six hours a day for five days a week, so that's about 30 hours a week, I'm working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. And I move up to 84 hours of productive work in a seven-day period because I'm only interested in leaving my family and my people with generational wealth. So when I am done there, there will be an empire that I leave behind to the people I care about most because I don't want them to grow up how I grew up. So it's not about me. It's about them. So I endure that workload to get to where I want to go. So I develop mastery level skills in about two and a half years, almost a lifetime of work. I'm putting down in two to three years in any task I decide to do because I am working so much more than a normal person. That's actually phenomenal. And um, well done. And um, can I ask you a few more questions around that, if that's okay? You can ask me anything you ever wanted to. Ah, well, thank you. <laughs> You've opened Pandora's box there. So having watched 8 Mile... Okay. Would you say that there's a similar theme in your story, like from with that, from that? No, no, I'm not a rapper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not from that perspective. I'm not a rapper, no, but what I, meant. The, um, I think what I'm trying to get at is in terms of more like the more like the way in which you know you had to graft, and as an entrepreneur, which you are now, to become who you are today. It was a gradual thing. So I'm a firm believer that your trauma builds a better person over time. Your trauma can crush you or it can make you stronger. It's how you look at the trauma. I've always thought of my life as a journey. Of, it's a traumatic journey. My mother shot my father in front of me when I was five years old, right? During a domestic violence event, right? So right in front of me, my dad comes in, you know, he's high looking for money, smacking my mother around in the back room, shaking her down for some cash so he can go get high, right? Because he knows she works in a cash business, you know, bartenders get tips and a lot of cash, which is perfect for an addict, right? Easy access to cash. So he's smacking her around in the, in the room. She doesn't like it. She pulls out a 30. Obviously, she doesn't like it. That's horrible. We shouldn't do that. Uh, she pulls out a 38 and shoots my father in front of me in the chest at five years old. Now, that traumatic experience could crush people. They can dwell on it for the rest of their lives or allow that traumatic experience to harden them over time. Those traumatic experiences hardened me. If it was not for the difficult life that I grew up with, with the drugs, the violence, uh, the, the troubled youth that I went through in, in these harder areas, and there's way harder areas. I had a hard life, but there's lives dramatically worse and harder than the one I went through. Those difficulties prepared me for the Marine Corps and combat. So as an adult, combat destroyed lives out of most of my colleagues. About half of them are gone. About a third of them took their own life, right? So my trauma hardened me to where I could even survive mentally in the combat zone for so many years. As an adult, 
you can, there's obviously some residual pain that you have to work through from your trauma. I managed my trauma with alcohol and drug use because that's what I learned as a child. Everybody in the military has their own difficulties, but their common substance to turn to is alcohol. It's a cultural thing where they binge drink like fraternity guys and girls, fraternity club, and they drink all day every day as a competition to see who can get the drunkest, the fastest. And that's how they're managing their stress. That's where I learned to manage my stress. So when I'm dealing with the residuals of all that trauma, I use substances to manage my stress, right? Which nearly destroyed my life. I was considering suicide. I was hyper depressed. I wasn't hitting the, the gym, the fitness and the nutrition. My relationships fell apart. That substance cost almost everything that was of any importance to my life What that you could imagine. Nearly cost me my life. I loaded a gun. It was sitting in the corner and I was looking for a reason to not shoot myself, right? I was just done with life. I didn't know how to manage it. And I slowly started to develop the skills necessary as a healthy adult to close out that trauma, weaponize that trauma to build me back harder. And I started focusing my energy on positivity. I cut out the alcohol, the drugs, chasing girls, right? And focused on fitness, nutrition, and how I was thinking to build a better per version of myself. The, the man I dreamed of, I started building, right? Everybody can do that. You identify with the man or woman that you want to be of your dreams. And you start doing the actions that that man or woman would do every day to be that person. Batman has a certain routine. S Superman has a certain routine. Wonder Woman has a certain routine. They built that person. All of them had their own traumatic experience. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's some deep, dark shit that you've had to deal with there. So I hope you're proud of yourself for you know, coming out of it, the other side and using it as fuel to do better and to be better. Um, I, I do genuinely applaud you. There is some of that, though, I do relate to. Not all of it, some <laughs> of it, but maybe that's a conversation, a deeper conversation for maybe another day. But on some level, like in terms of like the, the what you're talking about with the alcohol and the drugs and I moved to, to Magaluf and was around that scene as well um, for a long time. And you can just get caught up in it. You you use it to hide what, what you're really going through and it's not a good place to be. So if you're able to come out of that on the other side and, you know, change your circumstances and the people you're around, it makes a huge difference to, well, how, how you live your life and, and what you use as fuel to get through the day so being able to be, be disciplined in the other direction is a huge achievement and something that you know we can all take inspiration from and I think using some addictions like exercise this is a healthy one um, <laughs> does that make sense most people we think we're addicted to food we're addicted to drugs we're addicted to chasing the attractive men and women, sex, like all these things are addictions, but we're not addicted to those things. We're addicted to dopamine, right? So how we change that in human behavior is we link our dopamine to something 
that's going in the direction of life that we want to go, a positive benefit to me, right? As a person in my growth. So I can do destructive behaviors, which will destroy my life, right? You can't do crack. You can't do methamphetamines. You can't do fentanyl. You can't do Coke. You can't, you can't drink alcohol to get that dopamine hit and it not negatively affect your life because those are toxic behaviors, right? Toxic substances, toxic behaviors, toxic results, right? It's a mirror. So I get back of life what I am, right? It's a reflection. So you start focusing your energy into positive behaviors, right? So replace any, any issue with your dopamine source, food, sex, drugs, it doesn't matter, right? Well, sex, sex for some people, sex for other people, sex for some people, sex for other people. We replace those things. Oh, no, no, no. you should, but you shouldn't be addicted to it where it impacts your life negatively. That's how I get my cardio. Hey, (laughs) so I replaced my dopamine source (laughs) with fitness, right? So anytime I'm struggling with my energy level, my self-speak, my behavior, I get angry, I'm not hitting my macronutrients, the things that I'm missing on for the day, I immediately look to physical fitness. If I've already been for once, I can go twice. And in some days I need to go three times. So I'll do a hundred burpees like midday, right? Because I get up so early, come four, I've already been working 12 hours. I'll do a hundred, right? And if, if it's a really bad moment, like say I get in a fight with my girl and I'm struggling to return back to balance, I might do burpees till I can't get off the ground, right? Because I know that's my reset button. Physical fitness resets everything and places mm. the human spirit back into alignment, right? So yes, I would prefer if I could just have a cookie, it would just be 100% beneficial to my nutrition and return me to balance. But it doesn't. It does the exact opposite. It feels good for a few minutes and then you crash, right? That's that's the signals in the body telling you you're not doing something you should be doing. It is not alignment with the way the body moves it thinks your spirit, it's not an alignment in any way. So I use physical fitness as my source of dopamine. It is my superpower. It returns me back to balance so that I'm a hundred percent immediately after that, that workout. If I got to go back to the gym and crush another chest workout, I go right. Because what good is my day doing if for four hours, I'm all fucked up spiritually I'm not in alignment. I'm a fucking asshole. I'm not working hard. My mind is attached to whatever problem earlier. I'm a total wreck to get me to zero. That's what I do. You're absolutely 100% right there. Like, I do exactly the same thing. If if I get angry, I go work out. Like, it has to be done. Because if if you're, like, you're right. If you're not resetting yourself, you're not putting yourself back on that proper spiritual plane so that you are a better person. It took me a very long time to realize this, that, you know, the answer wasn't going and getting fucked up. It was going and working it out in the gym, going for walks, going for, you know, something that does, like you say, reset you, put you back to where, you know, you need to be. So you need to go and put yourself through, through your paces and, and understand that, you know, exercise is a really beneficial thing for you. Think about how you'll feel about it after. 
it's so much better for your health, for your relationships, for everything that you could possibly ever do in life. And like you say, and I'm obviously just saying this again, hitting that reset button. I would say 90, 99% of all humans have zero comprehension of what they're actually capable of. Fucking zero. I know my clients when they are pushing their physical and mental limits. I can see it. I've trained some of the best people on the planet in combat, and we decimated two entire countries systematically. I know when someone is at their limit mentally, physically, and spiritually, and I back down. I want them to cross their limit, hit their absolute limit, take one step over, right? Continually, their new limit, right? You don't need, the audience out there does not need to compare themselves to Clinton. They do not need to compare themselves to Natalie. All you need to do to reach your level of success is be your best version today. So if you did 10 reps yesterday, go for 11 today. If you got up at 8 a.m. yesterday, get up at 7.59 today. One minute every day, you chip away at this problem to where your body and your mind doesn't realize you're doing better. You just do that every single day. And when you wake up and you pull your head up out of the grind, you're going to look around and there's not going to be a single person running with you. You're going to be alone because you've done so much work. You've gotten so much better. You're at the front of the pack. None of your friends can identify with you. You're not drinking. You're not doing drugs. You are on your journey and they can't stop you. And they no longer bring value to you. You just get new friends. You keep leveling up your purpose and your circles to challenge you more and more. I purposefully put myself in circles where everybody around me is doing better, right? I might make 500, 1,000 a year, a million a year. I'm going to put myself in a circle where everybody's making five and 10 million a year, right? When I get to 10 million, I'm putting my circle, myself in circles that they're making 50, 100, then it's 100 and a million, a billion. It doesn't matter. Level up your competitive circle because you don't know your limits. You really don't. Those people can see your limits and where you're failing is fitness, if it's nutrition, if it's business. Don't hang around the people that are not the kind of people that you want to be around. Their problems are going to be your fucking problems. You need to hang around the people that are doing it the way you want to be doing it, that you aspire to be. They're going to challenge you to be better because I assure you, my limits in my own head aren't even close to what my mentors limits of myself are. He knows. He'll ask you. He'll ask me, Clinton, how much did you leave on the table this week? And I'll I'll just list it out. I already know. He calls me on my bullshit and then I get to work. Right? That's what he's for because he's at such a high level. I can't psychologically see myself there. Right? He knows that Clinton's fucking up. He knows Clinton isn't in tears at the end of the day and sleeping in 30 seconds because he didn't do enough work. Right. He knows that I broke character and I yelled at my girl. I, I I wasn't wasn't in alignment with my son. Right. I pushed him too hard. I didn't push him hard enough. He knows that shit because he's on the outside of the problem looking in. I'm stuck in the problem of me. So it's really difficult to see where you want to go. Easy way that I do it is focus on the now. So like my company, it's right now. 
We focus on doing better now than we did yesterday. Micro improvements every single day. And in 30 days, you've dropped 20 pounds, 10 pounds. For people over international, that's two, four, and 10 kilos, right? It just happens that way. Focus on what you can do now, and you solve 90% of all your problems because you're living in the now. You're not sleeping on Netflix. You know, you're not fucking off in the nightclubs and the bars, chasing the girls and the guys that aren't interested in you anyways. They're just going to borrow you for your energy. I've taken all my energy and pushed it forward. So if it's not going the direction I want to go, it's fucking out. It's out of my life. That is so, so true. Like the people that you surround yourself with make a massive difference to to your leveling up. You want people that are going to drag you up um, rather than drag you down. And a lot of the people that I used to spend time with <laughs> were, were masquerading as people who were lifting and inspiring, but actually just it was a lot of debauchery. Um, and a lot of the people I used to spend time with were in the army and they just right. also just used to want to get fucked up on a weekend. And I used to think, well, I don't know how this is going to sound, but aren't you supposed to be the better people? Um, But actually, ultimately, you've got all of this discipline in the army, but still doing all of the other things that I was then trying to get away from. So so those guys could be like that. Can we not experience life in in a different way and help people to really unleash their true potential and and see what life's really about? Because we've all got shit to deal with, right? It's just how we deal with it. And yeah, I'm very interested in your thoughts around this specifically uh, after what you've just said there. Yeah, 100%. I actually believe in, at least in my country, England's you know probably very similar. Uh, most, most first world countries usually are. It's about business. So in the United States, if you go to the grocery store, what do you see in the grocery store? 90% of it's garbage. 90% of the grocery store is something in a box, a can, or a bottle. That's it. The alcohol stores, the alcohol aisle in the United States is larger than the healthy section in the grocery store. Healthy when we mean fruit, meats, and vegetables, right? Water, fruit, meat, and vegetables. That's what the human body always ate, some nuts, whatever. It doesn't matter. But pre-agricultural, paleolithic life was just meat, fruits, and vegetables. So evolutionarily speaking that's that's what the human body is adapted to eat over time now you can argue you can be vegan that's fine go eat what you want you can be carnivore go eat what you fucking want v uh what doesn't matter keto you pick insert your own diet it doesn't fucking matter right the human body is an omnivore it can eat everything and it's designed to survive but in the united states big business Number one expense in the United States is defense. The number two expense in the United States is medical, right? So like a third of our GDP is tied up in medical expense. So they don't really want you to be healthy, right? That's why the grocery store is 90% junk that's created. So they're getting you addicted on the front end. And then they're repairing you on the back end of the medical industry. 
right? Pharmaceutical companies, medical procedures, they have lifelong clients now. 60% of the United States is either overweight or obese. That's more than half of the entire population. That's guaranteed residual income and repeat clients for life generationally because it's so difficult to break that model when everywhere around you, it's okay. You've earned it, girl. Have that glass of wine. Hit that club. Be that boss bitch. It's okay. Like chase all those guys. Get all those issues from alcohol. Spend and waste all that money, right? That's why I have an issue with The Rock, and I love The Rock. He's this big character of physical fitness. He's this master, this humongous, larger-than-life character that pushes health. He sells tequila. He pushes poison to the population. <laughs> so, so you have to be tough enough to say, I need to be my own person. I don't care what society's telling me and what box I should fit into. I don't care what social media is pushing. All those things when you ask, why? Who's making the money with the message, right? Big, big, the junk food companies. And then the pharmaceutical is going to give you insulin for life, right? They're going to give you the, the, the triple bypass. They don't care, right? They'll just keep treating you and getting hundreds of thousands of dollars off of every citizen and their insurance. They don't care. So you have to break the model and understand that the human body is designed to evolve, right? So you must introduce difficulty in all aspects of your life, physical, nutritional, and spiritual. You challenge yourself in those three areas and start to build a healthier human over time, and you are going to lose a lot of your social circles, right? Some of them will come with you, right? In six months when they see like, oh man, this girl is, her curves are popping all out of the place. She's fitting in a bikini. Her confidence is through the roof. She doesn't care what people think about her. She's just living her best absolute life in alignment with health. There's going to be some women that come come after you and be like, show me how you did it, right? There's going to be some men that come after you and say, show me how you did it. Like, that's amazing. Like, I've been struggling my whole life to, to eat right and stop the substances. Show me, Natalie, how you did that. What was your secret? And it's our duty to pay back society. I owe society my message on what worked for me because it saved my life. It's easy to talk about these things because they saved my life. My routines and habits in the, and processes in the morning saved my fucking life. And those things are guaranteed to save all my clients' lives. I'm not selling them snake oil. I'm selling you exactly what brought me success and exactly what worked for my life. It is not difficult to do. It is way hard to break your social circle, but it isn't hard to know that what I offer to people is the truth. It works. Absolutely right. And helping people to break that cycle because they don't know how to get out of it. So my question here is, how did you go from, you know, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, to this is who I am now being the best version you you can be so in the beginning of 2022 i was overseas in saudi arabia uh i eventually was leaving the country i caught covid for 10 days 
I came back. So the the turning point for me where I needed to do a lot of self-development is my life was stagnating. I came back, I caught COVID. I showed up to San Diego from Saudi Arabia to an empty home. My girlfriend left me, right? She didn't message. She didn't say shit. This fucking chick just moved out of the city, completely new city, right? Just up and ghosted, right? We were talking about moving in, the ring, the whole thing, right? So it doesn't matter. That broke my heart. I had to look inward in my life and start identifying with what were the things, good, bad, and ugly, that I wasn't doing right as an adult. It didn't matter. And those that conversation with self hurt, right? I started to identify I was I was giving my energy to her and not focusing on my purpose, right? So she could have easily gotten bored, wanted to do something different, fallen out of love, chased her own journey. Doesn't matter, right? These are the things I identified with, right? I was drinking every day, right? Giving my energy to her instead of focusing on myself. I wasn't in the gym, right? And I'd always linked gym and physical fitness to my mental wellness, right? It helps me stay balanced. I wasn't pushing myself with skills and personal development of any type, right? I was just stagnating. I was spending all my time with her. And then we'd watch Netflix. We'd go out to eat. We'd drink. We'd smoke. We'd do it all. It didn't matter. So I had regressed back into old me, man. So that hurt. So I did some self-reflection on what I wasn't doing right. I, I just made a list. Boom, boom, boom. A 10-item list on the things that I thought I was fucking up with. And then I started my journey, just slowly working at the list. It started with going to the gym one time a week, right? Really, really easy to change the behavior. I just focused on getting one clean meal a week, right? And then it moved to every few days, then it moved to every day. And then eventually I I plateaued and I said, look, one of my friends, Eric, rolls around in a Lamborghini. He lives the life. He's an older guy, owns his own business. He's salt and pepper like this guy with a badass beard. He's got a great body, a beautiful girl. He lives in a tower. All those things that a guy like me would aspire to be. I was like, Eric, dude, what are you doing, homie? He's like, I got to hook you up with, with my mentor, right? He challenges me with my business, but he helps people get off the drink. He helps them get their ass in gear. Call my guy. So I started following him on on uh, Instagram and YouTube. He's this big swole guy, uh, spent 10 years in prison, came out of prison. He basically reformed his life, right? Lives a beautiful story, but he's everything. He's he's my version of a superhero. He's all tatted up with prison tats from head to toe. He's super handsome. He's swole. He's smart. He drives around in like six supercars. Excuse me? He went to prison for... Uh, it was a violent crime, basically a drug deal that went bad. So some people got hurt. He was found guilty. He went to prison. And through through that reform, he eventually reformed himself, right? And he got mentors. So I identified with a larger-than-life human. I'm a pretty successful person in a lot of ways, but I needed someone to help drive me back to unleashing the inner beast, if you will, right? An ethical masculine man, very educated, capable of violence, but weaponizes that for good in the world, right? And I needed someone to push on me hard to to live up to my full potential because I was inside my own problem. 
So we started working together, right? Got on that plan and then started just working the routines day in, day out, day in, day out. Now I have a solid routine. So my first step was admitting with any problem, substance or behavior, doesn't matter. I have a problem. I need help, right? And then you identify the areas of your life that aren't going in the direction you want to. So part of the process here is you just identify with your superhero version of yourself. If it's waking up at 7.30 for Natalie, because that's your life challenge, you put that on the list. If it's not hanging out on the island with the drug users and the drinkers, right? Having the inner strength to show up and just have a soda water or a a sparkling water instead of vodka on ice, put that on your list. If it's being a committed boyfriend or girlfriend, right? doesn't matter. You put that on the list. Physically fit, having your nutrition dialed in, meditating, like the person you want to be, it doesn't matter. Put that on your list. And then we're held accountable to that every day, right? So in my process that I was taught, which I fully believe in, is you identify everything of the dream version of yourself, right? So my super, my 2.0 Clinton, I put that on that list. And that 2.0 Clinton is I have a committed girlfriend. There's one woman in my life. I'm rich. I'm ripped. I have the house. I have the kids. I have the supercars. I have the cool fucking dogs. I have the the salt and pepper beard like a Viking, all tatted up. These are these are the things that I identify with my dream version. And I just started building that person. Those habits become normal, the behaviors come normal, and then eventually when you look in the mirror, that person is looking back at you. And then what do you do? Do you give up? You go back, you go back, you go back to Netflix? No, you create a new plan because you accomplished so much. Why would you stop? Right. My next version of self is multiple businesses. I want to help more people every day. Right. My goal was to help one person every single day in 2023. When I get there to where I'm helping and guiding a new person every single day through my content, my businesses, doesn't matter. I'm going to push it up. I'm a 10X. I'm a Grant Cardone, my business and my goals. I'm a 10X it. I want to do 10 a day, right? I want to do 10 times the revenue, 10 times, 10 times the committed boyfriend, right? Hopefully one day husband to my woman, right? Show up 10 times more for my family, 10 times more for my clients, 10 times more podcasts, put the message out. So when I hit my version of 2.0, like all engineers, we go back to the drawing board and we make Mach 3. So our 3.0 version, I draw that up and I start putting in the work to create that man that I want to bring to the world, right? The world won't resist when you're undeniable. When you're doing it, no one argues that Clinton hasn't been through trauma. No one's coming to me and be like, oh, you didn't experience that. Shit, sis. I call it my sister. Hey, remember, tell me what happened when I was five years old. Boom, done. Right? Like, it, it doesn't matter. I don't need to argue with idiots that don't believe it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we all have trauma in our life. Whether we choose to acknowledge it or not is going to be the thing which helps you to move forward or not. And 
ultimately, like what you've said there, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if somebody believes it or not, you know it to be true. And the way that you deal with things is going to make a difference in your life and then how you show up and help other people. And it's something that we all need to learn to address and and deal with. I fully agree. So one of the simple concepts are, is the world's a mirror, right? The world is a reflection of what you are. So what you get back from the universe is what you are. So when you're having trouble in your relationship, you're like, man, why can't I find a good fucking guy like, or a good girl in my relationship? Like, What's wrong with me? Well, the answer is, is there's a lot wrong with you because you're, you're a reflection. You're getting a reflection from the universe of what you are. So if you're getting shitty people, you yourself are shitty, right? You're doing some behavior that's returning you back negative energy from the universe. What do you do? You fix you, right? So instead of, I hear this from my female clients all the time, right? We're coaching them on relationships. They're trying to understand men. Who better to understand men than this fucking guy, right? They say, like, Clinton, I'm dating all these fucking guys, right? But I keep getting cheated on. I keep getting this fucking bullshit behavior back from all these men. And I ask them, what are you doing? Like, oh, yeah, I go to the club. I have my my boobs out. Like, I'm looking hot. We're throwing back drinks. Like, all the hot guys are coming at me. We're doing bottle service. Like, I'm bouncing from table to table. It's like, you're doing hoe behavior. Like, I'm sorry, girls, but you're doing hoe behavior. You're getting back negative energy because your behavior is <laughs> negative. So if you want to be a wife. Yeah, that's really interesting that you say that because there is different levels of behavior. I'm very happily right. single. Um, however, I have <laughs> tried to enter into relationships that hasn't worked. Probably a lot on my perspective of pushing people away, etc. <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> um Maybe we could give the listeners an, an insight into how you help people by a little bit of coaching me, <laughs> see if there's anything we can do there or uncover. Okay, so I'd say Natalie. That's perfectly okay. I'd say, Natalie, what do you want most out of a relationship? Do you want to be married? No. <laughs> okay, so you don't want to be married. And what do you want a relationship for? Um, Entertainment? Maybe. I'm not entirely sure I do want a relationship. But I do quite like the idea of, you know, being able to download your day, share share things that have been going on, and, I don't know, have a cuddle every now and then, maybe. So you're using <laughs> your person to entertain you. You just need entertainment. So... When you ask that question, is that good? Is that po- is that a positive behavioral trait to to allow yourself to borrow someone else's energy on your because you you could be potentially success because be need love. I would say, do you think that behavior is in alignment with the person you want to? in alignment with the person you want to be so once a week you have no. your par- you have your partner yeah. of choice just one guy that you choose to come over and have a couple with 
you know, stretch you out a little bit, do some yoga, some one-on-one yoga, <laughs> right? And then they go to their own, they go, go to your wayside. Now, is that behavior that you really think is of your best interest long-term for the rest of your life? Is that part of your 2.0 self, Natalie? Answer is, is fucking no, it's not. And you know it. No, it's not. You know it. You know, you know inside, you want to wake up next to the man of your dreams. You know that inside. And you want the man of your dreams to treat you in the dream way you want to be treated. No human doesn't want that. They manage and do everything on your list that you so you dreamt of as a little girl. Now you now you're looking at the problem differently. I'm not sure if I had that thought process as a little girl. I can't think. You didn't watch Disney movies? Yeah, I watched <laughs> Disney movies. Um, I thought it was a bit shit. I don't know. Well, not at five years old, but you know that there's a, a prince, a prince in the story, and then there's a princess. <laughs> Is that real life, though? Always. <laughs> okay, I, th- I think they're... Listeners should should very much enjoy this part of the uh, the conversation. Um, for many reasons. For sure. Um, I don't know that I particularly need or want a man to look after me. Like I do look after myself like, quite well. Okay. So you don't need a man to provide for you. No, I don't. Okay. So long. So long term. Okay. So you like the idea, but you don't need it. So I would ask you, would you marry the man of your dreams that did everything else, but he worked at Starbucks? Would you marry him? Oh, um, no, probably not. Then provision matters to you. What they're capable of is in your weight of what you'll link your mind, body, and spirit to for the rest of your life. So provision, although we don't like to say it out loud, from the female perspective in the Western world, women will rarely, rarely link themselves permanently to a man that makes less money than them. It's almost guaranteed, right? So you may not want to admit that about your own behaviors as a gender, but more often than not, women refuse to do that. Men are natural providers. Our society tells us provision matters, but you don't want them to provide for you. So that means you want access to the lifestyle that man can provide you. That's it. But you want to keep everything you earn for yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds awful. That sounds so bad when I really think about it. But, yeah, I suppose provision does matter. I, and I want to be challenged in a way that, you know, helps me to level up as well. I guess it's that level of conversation that you get that's different from somebody that's not doing those kinds of things in those spaces so it's not just from a place of i want what they can provide it's it's the leveling up from my perspective not that i don't want to share yeah so that's that's that spiritual connection so why you're not getting that love and support back is because you look at men is that you just want that man to come and give you throw back a few on your terms you're not giving them love and support Right. So to get love, remember, it's a mirror. I have to give love out to get love. That doesn't mean I take bullshit behavior that says, hey, look, this is the way I need to be loved. This behavior that you're doing towards me 
cannot happen long-term if you want me in your life. I love you, but I am not going to be treated treated that way for the rest of my life. My love tank is empty because I need you to physically touch me. I need to be hugged. I need to be loved in that way. If you can't deliver on it, I understand that. I'm just letting you know that our relationship long-term isn't going to work out. So I would like you to work on that behavior and give me back what I need. If you don't, I cannot continue to be in this relationship for much longer, right? Because I'm giving you love in the way that you need. I'm meeting your love language expectations, but I'm not getting it back. And they aren't always the same. They're usually different, right? So what I give out is the version of love that I'm missing, right? Because that's how I feel love, right? So I feel love. I'm a I'm a touch person, right? Clinton doesn't get hugs. You don't touch my foot when we're sleeping. Give me a hug. Give me a kiss. Like, I don't fucking feel love. It doesn't matter how many gifts you buy me. It doesn't matter what fucking nice words you say to me. I don't feel it. So I'm expressive on the love that I want. Now, my partner, I give out love. And I may not be aware of the style of love that she needs. However, when you know someone, you make sure that you ask them, like, hey, do you feel loved? What is your your preference of the display of love? Is it words of affirmation? Is it touch? Is it time? Is it gifts? It doesn't fucking matter because it's not about you when it comes to do you love them or don't you? Then give them what the fuck they need. Mm. If you love yourself, give love so that the universe will give you love. You won't fucking get anything in life unless you start giving that energy the universe balances out it's called karmic debt it balances out your behavior if you're hurting people you get hurt if you are Mm -hmm. hurt you'll receive hurt right so you have to heal the hurt so that you can be the best version so that you get the love and the relationship you you know you want in your life we all want that we're just all honest and say I'm so tough. I don't fucking need love. <laughs> You're missing out on the greatest aspect of humans. You would die for the person you love. If you give birth and push a human out of your fucking body, you would willingly die at a moment's notice for the love you have for that child. And they may not give you shit back. You would give up your liver, your kidneys, your heart. It doesn't matter. You would throw yourself in front of a bus because you're a selfless person because you actually love someone. I love my people, right? The people in my circle, I love. Mm -hmm. If you roll with me, dude, I will die for you. I will sacrifice my life and my body at a moment's notice to protect the people I care about in my circle. It doesn't matter if you're a client. We're rolling down. Someone fucking starts talking shit. Dude, it's going to go down Mm -hmm. because that's who I am. That's my love for my people, my family. Don't come into my home trying to tune up my family, do a robbery or something. I'm going to call the girl like, hey, I've been training my whole life for this fucking moment. Like, take the kids, go out the back. Don't look back. Call 911 when you're safe because daddy's going to have some fucking fun (laughs) with the intruder. Yeah. Right. I might not make it. I love you. Out. Go. That's my job. So I know you want love and you need love. Fix you, girl. Give love and you'll get it back. That's that's where relationships all start is with self. 
And it's probably because you don't want to fucking be hurt. Yep. There's a big element of that. You were probably hurt at some point. So bad. You're scared of it the next time. 100%. And you're not healed from it. There is an element of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do give my people love, though. My, my clients, my family. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess there is some healing to do. I, I, I do give love. I'd like to give more. That's partly why we do the podcast. And give back but then there's that deeper personal you won't do it unless you're healed because you're scared mm. of being hurt again heal heal your pain mm-hmm. heal your pain write down exactly what hurts you it doesn't matter most women were assaulted at some point so they fear men they know that right someone forced themselves onto that woman and now they're scared of men it's natural feeling but you must understand that that's that's prejudice at its picture per- mm-hmm. perfect. Yes, there's fucking shitty men on this planet. Not all men are like me. Never overstep my bounds with any fucking woman because I would be crushed if my behavior offended someone in a physical physical position, right? Like that would make me feel horrible. So I make sure that I take all the precautions possible to respect and cherish the other person's intent. Like I over, over protect because I don't want to be that person. Cause I hear it all the time from my female friends. So you're still hurt from that deep pain. Instantly you identify with the pain of that scenario to just men, right? And you're sabotaging yourself to the, the wider aspect of the love and happiness you can get from your partner and you identify with that as a man or a woman it doesn't matter if it's a guy it doesn't matter if it's a fucking girl whatever you love and care and are attracted to that's your that's your type that's fine you have to be willing to be hurt again emotionally obviously not physically to be in love right and if you want love that's the risk you have to take because the only thing in the world that a woman's ever going to fucking love unconditionally no matter what they do to them is a child or a fucking dog. That's it. Men have conditional love. That's it. So the man in your life is an option at all times to you because they're replaceable. A child really isn't. The love you have for a dog isn't because it doesn't make any mistakes. When you show up to the house, that dog loves you like he's never seen you before every day. The child, you gave birth, you created that life, you have an undeniable link that's unconditional no matter what to that child. The man in your world is an optional aspect of your love. If they're not giving it to you, you'll move right on. Even if you did care about them, right? If they're not meeting up the expectations, he's fucking out. It's the same thing for guys. Guys have girls in there, they're not meeting their expectations, they replace them, done, right? But my children... My children unconditional. If tomorrow my son or daughter needed something like an organ, I'm out. I would write a podcast. This is my goodbye. I'm giving up my liver, my heart to my son. It was great run. I'll live forever inside their body. It's it. It's done. It's not even a decision I make. I make it in a snap of a finger. I don't even need to think about it. Absolutely right. I get that. I'm logical. 
I'm hyper logical. I'm an on off switch, right? There is no dimmer switch in my personality, right? It doesn't work like that with me. We're either going to attack or we're going to maneuver or we're going to retreat. Those are the only options, right? In my life, it's attack, maneuver, reattack. Mm-hmm. I don't retreat anymore. I don't, I don't make any steps backwards, only steps forward and up. That's it, right? So you don't like your romantic situation, Natalie, or all the audience out there. Start to become the dream version of yourself. If you want to be a wife, you don't find the man of your fucking dreams and then start doing wife behavior. That's a fucking snake oil, snake oil sales pitch. Yeah. Fuck that. You become the woman deserving of the man of your dreams. And you'll find the man of your dreams without even looking. Same for men. Men out there, if you're fucking up, you're chasing girls, you're lying, you're cheating, you're stealing, you're banging out several girls a week, you're in the clubs drinking, you're doing cocaine off titties of the strippers and shit. You're doing toxic behavior, getting fucking toxic women back. Be a husband today and you'll get a wife tomorrow develop the person that's interesting because i'm sure i believe i'm wifey material and just haven't found the husbandy one yet (laughs) okay well we'll do a private session and start identifying what is really holding you back from experiencing love from the opposite sex yeah let's do that that'll be interesting uh to explore and i think that might be a nice time to Take this off, please. <laughs> we can do whatever we need to do. We'll just close. My closing statement for the audience will be very simple. And you, if you never remember anything, you can remember this and always win. Adopt the behaviors of the dream version of yourself today. You just need to do better today than you did yesterday towards the goals and aspirations that you desire to achieve. When you're in alignment with your purpose and your dream version of yourself, everything in the universe takes care of itself. Give out positive energy, take positive actions, and you return positive results, period. It is not complex. It might be extremely fucking difficult for the audience to start doing the things they know they need to do better, right? Watching Netflix for four hours in the fucking night isn't going to get you there. That is not self-improvement. That is self-stagnation. Right. Start taking action, put in more work to the version of person you want to be, and you will get there. If you need help getting there, you can find me on Instagram, San Diego, like the city of San Diego, underscore Clinton, and the number one, and I can help you get onto your purpose. It is not impossible. I made the change. You can make the change. And on my team, everybody starts winning. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Are there any other channels people can find and follow you on? Oh, goodness. I'm on TikTok. Uh, It's it's right now, R-G-H-T-N-O-W. Same thing on YouTube. So we'll be dropping the first YouTube video. I have shorts on there, but the easiest and fastest way to get a hold of me is on Instagram. Find me on Instagram, San Diego underscore Clinton one. I'm on there. It's not a robot. It's not my staff. <laughs> Brilliant. It's my person. It's my brand. I answer every message that I get. So send it to me. If you need help, you're struggling, you want to get better, just drop a message. We'll get you started today. Tomorrow, you'll be better than you were today. Beautiful.
Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for spending this time with me, sharing your incredible story um, and also working through some of my little issues. <laughs> Because we all have, we all have. Hey, the audience will love it. Thanks. I very, very much enjoyed this conversation, and I hope that you have too. It's been eye-opening, and for so many reasons, and there's so many other things that we could have explored, and maybe we'll we'll do that another time. Um, I know that the audience are going to love hearing from you um, on so many different levels. So you know, thank you for being here and being a part of this it it means a lot the podcast is very special um a very important part of of what we well, do well i loved it um i like to put out the message out um this is part of my selfless journey so i'd love to do uh, these every single day multiple multiple platforms across the world because i i definitely think there's a lot of people men and women that need help in their own way to be better they're lost or stagnating or suffering in ways from being overweight, poor nutrition, depression, anxiety, it doesn't matter what their issue is. They need help. And there's always something that we can bring to the audience from mm -hmm. our journey that can resonate with one person. doesn't matter if you have a hundred followers or 10 million. If I, I or you talk about our pain as a human and how we were able to get past it or what we're struggling with, we could potentially help someone, right? And that one thing may save that person's life. I've had men and women call me in tears uh, with a loaded weapon, right? Locked in a room because everybody's out there doing drugs and they don't want to be that version. And they somehow found me. Mm -hmm. uh, people that find me on the street, but like Clinton, I follow you. Like, what? <laughs> like just little old me, right? I'm just this little guy in San Diego, California. And there's like people in the world that resonate with my message. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's one amazing. It's all, also super scary, right? I went from a guy that no one noticed in the world, women, men, it didn't matter to now I might go out to eat and like someone knows who I am in the city, right? I'll see like someone's face and kind of like, do I know them from somewhere? And just go back to my meal and then like at the gym, I'll see them be like, hey, I saw you at, you know, the restaurant. I didn't want to interrupt your meal, but I love your content. That's amazing. Right? I was like, follow it. Like, that's the universe putting us together. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, you need something that I'm saying, and I need something that you're saying, right? I needed someone to help me. So that's how I know I must help people. That's that's my, I owe that back to the universe. I, I was saved. Now I must tell that story to the world and potentially save one more person. Right. I'm building a bucket of saved people, right? That I'll never give up on because it saved me. Right. It's very easy to do. It's not even it's it's not even hard. The things that you're saying, Natalie, are saving people. Right. And when you when you tell them the things that you don't want to say, I guarantee you the world's gonna embrace it because no one says the things that hurt them most. Right. The shitty stuff that happened in my life, I talk about because it saved me. Right. And me talking about it, there's got to be at least another child on the planet that their parents got in a fight. Right. Someone was stabbed or shot. Right. Or that they can relate to the, the violence that I went with in, in that environment or combat stress, depression from being heartbroken, anxiety, suicide ideations. Like that's, 
a lot of people have experienced that, right? Statistically in the United States, like one in five women. It's powerful shit. Um, really powerful story and messaging and doing great things to, to share it with the world and help those people. It, it, there's just too much trauma in the world and you've been through some incredible things. Right. So keep sharing the messages that you do and helping the people you do. And like you say, if we can change one person's life, then, you know, we're doing the right thing. It's a very important place and space right. to be in. It scares you. And do the things that scare you. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Natalie. I've absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. We will make sure that we get everyone that has listened to follow you on Instagram. Yeah, no problem. Find me on Instagram. You know how to find me. <laughs> send me a message on send me, send me a message. Let me know. and We'll just set up a time. And yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, like I said, I rarely sleep, right? So I, I view, you know, my hours of aliveness as hours I owe back to the planet. So, you know, you let me know when we can work in the, into the schedule and we'll have that conversation. Um, that's exactly how we get started. So if you want, you want me back on the podcast and bring that fire. Amazing. Thank we'll you ever it. so much. This has been amazing. Awesome. And All right. I got to drop off. It was a pleasure, Natalie. Have a beautiful rest of your night and we'll talk soon. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Have a great day. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Keep working hard. You got it. <laughs> and keep working hard. Exactly. That's exactly the way to go. Do the things which make you uncomfortable, which put you into new situations and make for great conversation too. So make sure you follow Clinton. I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation and we will see you on the next one. 